Thanks for listening to Schlereth and Evans On Demand, presented by Bathfitter. Hey guys, if you drop the ball when it comes to your bath or shower remodel, Bathfitter doesn't just fit your bath, they fit your budget and schedule. Bathfitter will install a tub or shower in just one day. Bathfitter's price guarantee is a slam dunk. Bathfitter, it just fits. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. Time now for the DenverSports.com front page. Stop what you're doing and listen. Taking a look at the top stories in Denver sports taken from your online home for the best opinions and information on the Broncos, Nuggets, Avalanche, Rockies, and more. What in the name of Dan Issel? With today's DenverSports.com front page, here's Schlereth and Evans. Chad Brown sitting in for Stink. Joel Klatt joined us in about uh, eight minutes. Let's see what's going on at DenverSports.com, where Mike Evans wrote a column this morning. Mike Evans? Sean Payton is a home run hire to be the Broncos' next head coach. So, go ahead, hit me with all the, God, Evans, you're such a Bronco homer. You're in the bag for Payton. And your optimism is runaway. Okay, fine. I think it's a home run hire. He was my number one choice from day one. Even when it looked like this was dead, I kept imploring Broncos ownership, make it right, make it right. Don't worry. The, 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 The Saints will back down when it comes time, and they did. This is a home run hire when compared to all the other candidates out there. I appreciate your optimism. I'd love to be able to look at life, you know, as you look at life with the unknown out there and be able to stake your claim on it. I just like to see proof in the pudding. So, uh, like me and a lot of texters, I'm I'm going to be waiting for the results to show up before I, I go, you know, break my arm, pat myself on the back about how right I was about the Broncos coaching search. Sean Payton is a good hire. Whether he'll be great, that needs to be determined on the field. Boy, I'm going to chip away at you. So, no how way. about this? How about this? Of all the candidates that were out there, he seems is to be this the, the best hire, in he, your opinion? He seems to be the best candidate to maximize what Russell Wilson brings. I cannot say he's the best hire. Who would have been your best hire? I don't know. Oh, wait a minute. You, you must have had an opinion about all the, the different candidates. I, I, Who was your guy? I coached with D'Amico Ryans in San Francisco. I love D'Amico. D'Amico was a great player. D'Amico was a, a player coach on the field. He's a great coach who relates to his guys in a very fun way. Those linebackers played hard for him. That defense played hard for him. But as we have found out, being a coach, head coach, is far different than being a coordinator. So in some ways, I've always found this coaching process flawed because we're trying to evaluate somebody doing a job that they've never done before. Um, Jim Harbaugh has been successful everywhere he's gone. There's a lot to be said for that. So I can't unequivocally stake who is the absolute best hire. But again, I think Sean Payton is the one hire who can maximize from a schematic standpoint what Russell Wilson can bring game in and game out. By the way, uh, my column is directed to any of you out there who don't like this hire. It's directed to any of you who have uh, concerns about this hire. And what I tried to do in the column was take half a dozen of the concerns about Sean Payton and address them one by one. So if you're somebody that's against the hire, leery of the hire, skeptical of the hire, read the column and let me know if I changed your mind at all. I wrote a blog... My man D-Mac writing at denversports.com. 
that the Josh Allen that the Broncos coaching search reached new levels of unnecessary anxiety. (laughs) Did you feel anxious at all during this coaching search? No, I did not feel anxious. Um, It went on for a long time. It it was clear that there was not a uh, going to be a quick resolution to it all. In fact, I got a little bit bored because there was no real information. Uh, there was no real, nothing to hold on to. The Obviously, the, the amount of information coming out from the Broncos was far less. Uh, we were forced to go on rumor and innuendo and everybody on social media trying to make a name for themselves by releasing some kind of news. So, no, I, it didn't bring me a, any anxiety. I figured one of these top candidates, Harbaugh, uh, Sean Payton, D'Amico Ryans, Wood Settling, Henry or Denver, the, the Walton Penner Group and the ownership deep pockets. I know there's a question about what kind of owners are going to be. Those deep pockets say a lot for the future of this franchise. It was a mess. A wonderful, glorious, chaotic, I loved every twist and turn, roller coaster part of the ride. I, I thought it was fun. I think part of the uh, appeal of doing this job of being a sports fan is I I love the speculation I love the rumors uh, I I I love all of it so I I thought it was fun even what? even when I thought I, they were going to lose the guy I wanted I still thought it was fun so I was never anxious what if it, what if it was a smoke show all this stuff other than the pursuit of Sean Payton we did all that to try to get the Saints to give us less demands for the draft capital needed. And all this was just simply a smoke show. I, I watched Draft Day again on a plane ride the other day. Love that movie. It's incredibly corny. Actually, but, DMAC references uh, Draft but, Day. But, but Kevin Costner yeah. does all this weird stuff in, 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 in a perfect Disney-esque plan to pull it all off. Could the Walton Penner Group be Kevin Costner here and had a plan in mind the whole time. They had a, a note in their pocket that said no matter what, Sean Payton, they knew they were going to get it done. And if this was all designed to drive down the asking price, wow. If that's, playing 3D if, chess if, on if that's the case, then we got the right new ownership group. That's for sure. Because they, they were playing chess when everyone else was playing checkers. I just, I, I just, I know that there was probably some of you listening right now who at one point were like, God, this is getting so old. Well, do you just name a coach already? And I'll tell you what. Wake me up when you wake a co- get name a coach. Until then, I'm checking out. I, I thought it was fun. I thought it was fun. James Merrillat writing that the Broncos didn't settle for Peyton. They doubled down on Russell Wilson. So do you believe that this hire was made to fix Russell Wilson? Uh, I believe that was a significant part of this hire. To recognize, to not be able to look at what Sean Payton did from an offensive standpoint with Drew Brees in New Orleans and begin to hopefully think he can apply that same formula to Russell Wilson, knowing that you are stuck with Russell Wilson for at least the next couple of years. Yeah, Sean Payton was hired with all that in mind. Is that the primary driver? I think we can get into uh, percentages on overall improvement, building the team, all the background of experience that he'll bring and make this a better organization. But when he walks in the door, he's not worried about what pictures are on the wall. He's worried about what can make Russell Wilson a better player. So, 
if he was hired to double down on Russell Wilson, so if Russell Wilson's here for the next two years, then it doesn't work out. So what, Sean Payton leaves with Russell Wilson? No. Okay, so Sean Payton's still going to be here. Uh, I would think so. So, so life after Russell Wilson will still be centered around Sean Payton. I would think so. So then you can't say that he was brought in to, to double down on Russell Wilson. He was brought in to do, here in Denver, what he did in New Orleans. But the same thing would be for D'Amico Ryans, who wouldn't have been brought See, in. See, I disagree with that, because anytime you bring in a first-time head coach, no matter how much that organization hires a first-time head coach and says, we're going to be patient with this head coach, the fact remains, they start losing football games, and that first-time head coach becomes an easy scapegoat. That's not going to be the case here with Sean Payton because of what you're paying him and the kind of power you're going to give him. Regardless of what happens with Russell Wilson, Sean Payton is here. So you are making this move because of everything that Sean Payton has done and what he brings as one of the top offensive minds in the NFL. If along the way he can fix Russell Wilson, great. But that's on Russ. And if Sean Payton can't fix Russ, guess what? Bye, Russ. This is a Zach, this is a Zach Sean Payne is still here. Is well, still here. Both things are true. He's going to improve the overall organization, but he also has a primary focus of fixing Russell Wilson. Sure, initially. but you didn't hire him specifically to come in and fix Russ. If he can do it along the way, great. But that's not why you hired him, because if Russ isn't here in three years, Sean Payton will still be here. This team can only go where Russ is going to take them. Therefore, you have to improve Russ. In the short term. Yes. But you would acknowledge that Sean Payton is a long-term, big-picture, macro-view type of move. And I can, I would think with the season that Russ had last year, anybody who was brought into the head coach would not be tied to Russ's success. They'd be asked to improve Russ, just as Sean Payton is, but D'Amico Ryans would not be tied to Russ's success. That's a George Payton move. Mm. The trade, the, the draft capital, the money involved in the contract, that's a George Payton really? move. And D'Amico Ryans would not be brought down by that move. Ask Nathaniel Hackett how was a first-time head coach. No matter what, you're still tied to Russell Wilson. No, Nathaniel Hackett caused a lot of those issues all on his own. You can't go into halftime saying we got to run the ball more and come out in third quarter and run the ball the first and throw the ball the first six plays. That's that is uh, Nathaniel Hackett, not Russell Wilson. But you would also acknowledge that for all the problems and and all the the, the struggles that Nathaniel Hackett had, if Russell Wilson plays better, Nathaniel Hackett probably still has a job even with all of the uh, mistakes that he made. If True. Russ is better, True. he's still here. Yeah, but Nathaniel Hackett certainly had a, a lot of uh, input into making the bed that he was forced to lie in. Okay, that is what's going on at uh, denversports.com. You got me, you got DMAC, you got Merrillat, you got uh, so much more. Michael Malone on the hot seat. What's going on with Bones Highland? He's on Instagram after the game last night, uh, already talking about the clock ticking. He knows he's going to be traded. So uh, all that, just a, a, a amazing amount of stuff going on uh, right now at denversports.com. Chad Brown sitting in for Stink and joining us now. Oh, it's a CU love fest on the uh, start of the next signing period. But that's not what we're here to talk with Joel Clad about as he joins us, presented by Audi Flatirons. Joel, good morning. Say good morning to Chad. And how you feeling about Sean Payton as uh, your next head coach? Well, yeah, good morning, fellas. Chad, always great to chat with you. Uh, I think it's a great hire. I think that that's pretty obvious. I think, uh, you know, Sean has proven himself to be one of the premier coaches in the NFL. 
uh, and he has been ever since he got that job in 2006 in New Orleans. So, um, you know, this is this is certainly well. Let's just put it to you this way: I I think that this puts an immense amount of pressure on Russell Wilson. He either has to adjust and play much better, or else. You know, he's the one that the blame is going to fall on if it already hasn't fallen on him. Because it's pretty clear now that uh, if this doesn't work out, it's not like you're just going to go and fire Sean Payton right away. Uh, so um, there's no excuses now for the Denver Broncos. And, and what I love about it, and this is coming from a kid that was born in Denver uh, and grew up, you know, basically during the 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 Elway era and the Pat Bolin era, and what I always appreciated about the Denver Broncos was the fact that they always wanted to have or always did have championship aspirations. They always, always, they were one of the most successful AFC franchises really in, in history of the AFC and in, in the history of the NFL, really. When you're talking about Super Bowl appearances and, and the three Super Bowl wins, this is a franchise that tries to achieve at the highest level. And that always starts with ownership. And so this ownership group, uh, going out and at least getting the quarterback, even though it didn't work out. Now going and getting the head coach that is the biggest name um, out there, I think it signals that this is in the same vein of what we have become accustomed to during the Pat Bowen era. And, and that's what I appreciate about it. Joel, uh, there have been some folks on the text line uh, who have said, Sean Payton's only got one Super Bowl victory in all his time with Drew Brees in New Orleans. Andy Reid's got one Super Bowl victory in 24 years as a head coach. For those folks who are trying to chip away at this Sean Payton hire, you as a guy who had a chance to work with Sean, what's your uh, response to those folks? Well, I mean, what's the alternative? You know, this this is the best possible coach. I mean, you're not hiring Bill Belichick. You know, I, I mean, so I, I don't quite understand what they're getting at. Those, those people, and I remember them well, uh, they are contrarians and, and they just nitpick to nitpick. Um, because this, this was the best possible hire that you could possibly make at this given time. Sean's a phenomenal coach. And by the way, it was, you know, the answer is given in the text itself. He only has one Super Bowl in New Orleans. In New Orleans, the Aints. Like, this is a, that's not a franchise that had, has had much success at all. And then all of a sudden, they became one of the premier uh, clubs in all of the NFL. And it was because of Sean. What I remember about him was his thoroughness um, and, and also his sense of urgency. Uh, I appreciated that about him. Uh, I had never been around anybody that, that was that meticulous for offensive installs. Um, and then that metic- meticulous on the practice field in terms of the attention to detail that, that was going to go on with his offense. And it's one of the reasons why Drew flourished there and that they flourished as an offense is because regardless of, of who the pieces were, the, the attention to detail that was paid was top notch. And it's, it's my estimation that in, in, in this sport, an offense largely can succeed if they just pay attention to the details. What generally gets offenses off track is when they're sloppy, and sloppiness means that, that they don't pay attention to detail. Um, he was all over wide receivers about release points, outside release, inside release. 
the exact yardage to which, you know, you better get to, to 12 yards on this route. You can't round it 11. You round it at 11, it's a pick. And so those details are in large part why they succeeded. Joe, what year were you? You spent a what, spring and, and summer uh, with, with the Saints? Yeah, what, what year it was, was that? Um, it was, Sean had just gotten hired, and they had just signed Drew Brees, who had his shoulder still in the sling, and they had just drafted Reggie Bush. So this is the spring and summer of 2006, yeah. right after Katrina, um, which was, uh, I mean, I just remember being down there for, for OTAs and, and off-season camp, and it was, you know, it was, oh, as you can imagine, like the city was totally decimated. And, and I, by the way, th- that city has Drew and Sean and the Saints, you know, in large part to thank for their resurgence. Remember that year they, they opened – not the season, but their home opener was, I believe, a Monday night. Um, and, and you two performed and just like it, the Saints made it popular and made it okay for everyone that had left to New Orleans to go back to New Orleans because the Saints had gone back to New Orleans and back into that dome, which was the scene of all those uh, horrific scenes during the, the, the hurricane. So you, 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 you get there in 2006, his first year. Are you are you looking back on that time saying, okay, yeah, I I saw the signs of a guy who would go yeah. on to coach there, fifteen years, average ten yeah. wins per season. You 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 felt it, you saw it there. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I I felt immediately like they had something. I I was also with Detroit that off season, and it was a totally different feeling uh, being around those two organizations. I went down to New Orleans uh, unsigned as as a rookie free agent. And earned a contract in the the rookie minicamp, and I, I just again I just remember you know there was this unwavering belief out of Sean that they were going to succeed, even though that organization had had no success, none whatsoever. The city decimated. Every you know the remember they signed Drew Brees because Miami didn't want him at the time. Remember Nick Saban decided you know to not go with Drew Brees so. It was, in, in some respects, from the outside looking in, some cast-offs. And, and here they were. And I, I just remember feeling this sense. And, and it began with him and the way he addressed the team, the way he spoke to the team. It was like, listen, we're going to win. And you're either you know on board or you're not. And, again, the attention to detail, the attention to detail in the situation, even in the offseason, constantly talking about situations, situations, situations. And and I I had a belief that they were going to succeed, and they did. Joel, it looks like the Colorado Buffaloes and the Denver Broncos were able to pull in the biggest name with both of their hires this year. CU has a press conference today to the start of the late signing period. Uh, I think there's, what, 40-plus new guys uh, as part of the roster up there in Boulder. How would you evaluate the first eight weeks of Coach Prime up in Boulder? Couldn't have gone better. Um, I, I think that this, this hire was exactly, uh, is achieving exactly what they intended and then some. Chad, I think the, I'm, I mean, I'm sure that you would agree with that. Um, and I want to congratulate the Denver Broncos on the second best hire in the area. Uh, so, you know, I mean, you know, Dion has totally changed the, the entire, legitimacy of, of the program and the trajectory of the program. And, and now all of a sudden you look at last weekend, by the way, they had a recruiting weekend for next year's class and, and the names 
that were on that list, the five-star and four-star players, you know, I said this in a video and people have kind of scoffed at it, but I'll just say it like this again to you guys here on the show. You know, when you look at the amount of turnover that he's going to have this year and probably next year as well with the portal and, and, and with a, another high school recruiting class, you're probably going to have an opening day of the 2024 season. You're probably going to have 75 to 80 players that were not on the roster when Dion first became the head coach. He's going to turn it over that fast, right? And, and the level of player is going to improve dramatically. And when you look at actually some of the data and statistics, the level of player he's bringing in is going to be at the top of the Pac-12. And when UCLA and USC move and leave to the Big Ten for the 2024 season, then all of a sudden you start start looking at like, well, Colorado with 80 new players probably will be one of the better teams in the conference and competing for a conference title. Well, guess what that means in 2024? There's an expanded playoff in 2024. I fully believe that if you win the Pac-12 in 2024, you're going to go to the college football playoff, which means I think Dion and the Buffs will be competing for a playoff spot when 2024 comes around, and, and that foundation is being laid currently. Joel Clapp presented by Audi Flatirons. If I may, I want to, I want to double back to how you started talking about the, the pressures on, on Russ now. Knowing what you know about Sean Payton, having watched Sean Payton and Drew Brees work, how, how is that relationship going to work? How is Sean Payton going to fix Russell Wilson? Not, and and I'm, I guess it's a two-part question. How is he going to do it from the way that he interacts with Russ? And how is he going to do it from a, from a scheme standpoint? Does the Sean Payton scheme as you know it fit with what Russell Wilson can and cannot do? Well, you know, what's interesting is that there, there's been some speculation that, that Russ looks at Drew and says, like, that's the type of career that I want to have. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's there, so Sean runs a hybrid West Coast system. And, you know, they, they were so good at nitpicking defenses and, and allowing Drew to mentally shred the defense and gaining advantages in the short areas and intermediate areas. And it wasn't necessarily just launching the ball down the field. And he didn't have to have the strongest arm. He just needed to be smart and accurate and throw on time. And I think Russ can do that. Uh, what, what I think is going to help is that he was – Sean built the entire system around Drew, and Drew improved. He became such a better player under Sean Payton and that New Orleans system. And I think the same will happen with with Russ. I, I really do. Russ is a talented guy, right? And and I don't know what happened this this year. I understand, like it didn't work. Something was was awry, if you will. And But now there's a guy there that understands what he's doing in Sean Payton, and I think that he will build a system that allows Russ to flourish, sees what he's going to do well, and then build a system around that. The best coaches in this sport, they, they don't talk about what a player can't do. They talk about what a player can do, and then they, con- they build um, systems and habits for your team around the things that the players can do. I think that that's famously what Bill Belichick has done his entire career. And Chad could obviously speak, you know, at length to that. 
But you find out what your guy can do, and then you build the system around those things, and that's what allowed New Orleans to have success, and I think that's what's hopefully going to allow Denver to have success. All right, Joel, last one for us, and uh, just a, a tight answer here. Mike and I have been going back and forth. Was Sean Payton hired to fix Russell Wilson, or was he hired to fix the football organization? Two separate things. I think he was hired to fix Russell Wilson. Thank you. I think this ownership group believes that they, they've got something gone and, and that they just need to fix their quarterback. <laughs> Wait a minute. So what does that mean? If he doesn't fix uh, Russell Wilson, Peyton's out? Of course not. He's the he's the long-term macro plan here. And if along the way he can fix Russ, great. But that's what you said at the beginning. This is all about Russ. So if correct, if you can't if, well, if you can't well, prosper, then but you're gone and Peyton things. stays. Like, is he does he have a longer leash than Russ? Sure. Yes. Like is he hired to? So what's he hired to fix? What is he here to do? Fix Russell Wilson in the short term. But he's so, gonna, oh, so you admit it then? Well, so you, sure, that's his job right now. But he's not going anywhere if Russ doesn't work out. He's going to be the I coach think we're here. Saying the same thing. Well, yeah, we're, I think we're saying the same things. His immediate job, his most pressing job, sure. is to fix Russell Wilson. Yeah, we're, we're, you and I are on the but same. But if he page. doesn't, it's not like he's out. Correct. Right. No, I okay. think we're all in agreement all right. here. All right. Mike's just been pushing back on fixing Russell Wilson. I as a do listen. He's. I know you work with Mike. You you know how it is. I, I know. I know. He's stirring he's it up. Trying he's to drive the wedges and things like that. Out. He's stirring yes. it up. I by the way, see it now. By the way, you and I agree on pens. Oh man, <clears throat> that get, that got so much more traction than I than I thought it would. Yeah, like I'm a total psychopath. I use pens until the last drop of ink is out. Um, and if you don't, I think you're weird. <laughs> you are a psychopath, though. I, I'm yeah. glad you admitted it because that's how yeah. I describe you. You're yeah, a psychopath. That's right. Yeah, you worked with Joel. What's he like? Well, first of all, he's a psychopath. <laughs> <laughs> I love him, but he's a psychopath. Thank you, Joel. You see you, boys. See you, man. All right, Joel Clapp presented by Audi Flatirons. That made its way around the uh, uh, social media. That I saw it, yeah. You had nine different pens. What kind of pen person are you? And like you are, you a number one pen? Are you an, and Joel? I think was a number nine pen. It was the classic uh, blue Bic yep. pen, and that's me. I'm the same guy. I, I love those. Just classic Bic blue paper mate, paper mate, medium gel points. This is the one. I buy them by the box load. Okay. Do you wait until the ink is gone? Do you uh, run it right uh, down to the uh, nub until it can't go anymore? I'll even shake it and put it back in the bag for one more try for later. I like Get it. Brian. I like it. Very good. As always, a lot to unpack from Joel. That's next. It's time for Schlereth and Evans' big story of the day. Why is this that you're so, you're so big? Here's Schlereth and Evans with this morning's biggest story in Denver sports. Big, 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 huge. Chad Brown in for uh, Stink, who had a scheduled day off. Yeah, I, Raj, that's a great idea for training camp. I can't, you know how we've been giving out the uh, t-shirts every year for training camp? Wildly popular T-shirts, mm-hmm. locked and loaded, wacko for Flacco, the decision. I got them all. Got them all. Got them all in my closet. Raj is a. It's, it's a. It's a. It's almost a trail of tears, my friend. It is. It is a. It is. It is. You put those T-shirts up on a wall chronologically, boy, if you want a timeline of what's gone on with the Broncos over the last seven years, just look at our t-shirts. Right. Let's rock. But uh, I'm not going to give anything away, but because it's in the early 
formulative stages, but I, I, I like I like what's cooking. See what I did there? I saw what you did. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Raj Roth's to pop on. Go ahead, Raj. Raj Sharon, our program director. Everybody. How many can you name the, the, uh, oh, in, in a row of the campaigns? I can't. I don't know if I can do them in, in row, but they started with Simeon, right? So Simeon and Paxton, so the decision. That was the first one. Mm-hmm. Then it was, um, what was it, uh, was it Wacko for Flacco? I believe, yes. And in between, we had Lockton. So, I, and I might be out of order on yeah, this, would, but you had the decision, Wacko for Flacco, Chub, Chub, Chub. Chub, 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 yes, yes. right. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which, thanks, Bradley, for the draft pick Thank that we you. used to get our yeah, coach. Yeah. Uh, Road to Redemption. Road to Redemption, I remember that one. Locked and loaded. Locked and loaded. Uh, gosh, I can't. Oh, uh, Teddy versus Drew. 50-50. Yep. 50-50. Fangio could say it was 50-50. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then uh, last year, right, we were ready to ride. Yeah. Let's ride. And Boy. None of those went well. It, it really is like no. a history of tears. It is. Chat. It I just is. nailed it. it yeah, is. that is. It is. If you want a... a Blueprint for what's gone on in the last seven years. Just look at our T-shirts. I, I, I actually had uh, Sean in our sales department was like, "So we're we doing something like about like Road to Redemption." I was like, "Sean, that literally was the campaign like three and a half or four years ago." Yeah, we're, we're running. We're, we're running out of saints. We, we have not yet been redeemed. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I like we're it. Back. I like it. I yeah. like it. We had one year in Seattle. It was. It's now time. Uh huh. Well, we didn't go to the playoffs that year, so what are we supposed to say the next year? It's it's now now time. I mean, it's it speaks to the ineptitude of it all. Some leftovers, some takeaways from our visit with Joel Klatt. I, I like this one. Smart, accurate, and on time. Guys, that is not Russ. Not last season, it wasn't. So Joel made the point that what Sean Payton got Drew Brees to understand uh, the importance of smart, accurate, delivering on time. Can... Russell Wilson become that kind of quarterback? Because what we saw was a quarterback who uh, was not calm in the pocket, mm-hmm. uh, would, would tend to uh, try to escape the pocket, try to make plays on the move, sometimes did it, other times took sacks. Uh, never really felt like we were watching an offense that was a efficient, on-time offense. Mm-hmm. And that's supposedly what Sean Payton's going to try to do here. So, is it a fit? Hopefully. Hopefully, it, it is a fit. Hopefully, this all works out. But I, I think the biggest takeaway from that conversation with Joel is this shifts the pressure firmly into Russell Wilson's camp and on Russell Wilson's shoulders. Because Drew Brees is, we would all assume Drew Brees is, not Drew Brees, Sean Payton is going to do everything he possibly can to improve Russell Wilson. So, if the improvement does not come, it's going to be based on what Russ does or doesn't do. So there, there's all the pressure there. It's, it's going to clear up a, a, a muddy picture. We left this season with a muddy picture. Is it Nathaniel Hackett? Is it Russell Wilson? Now I think we'll find out some definitive answers there because we all assume Sean Payton is going to put Russell Wilson in the position to be successful. Um, and all these structural things, these organizational things, these, these delay of games, all these dumb things that we saw this past season – most of that should be eliminated. So now it's going to fall, fall firmly onto Russell Wilson's shoulders. Can he execute given all the other crap from last year is now gone? That's why I don't buy the idea that Peyton was hired to fix Russ because Joel said it. You just said it. All the pressure's on Russ. If this doesn't work out, who's going to get blamed? Russ. 
Sean Payton's not going to get blamed for this. I, I think we're, we're so. There's no pressure on Payton, so therefore he wasn't hired to come in and fix Russ. Because if it doesn't work out, it's Russ's fault, and Russ will be gone. I, I, okay, I, I, I see where you're coming from, but I think Joel and I are just talking about clearly the number one duty. For Sean Payton, and clearly Sean Payton's success as an offensive play caller and success with Drew Brees, a quarterback of similar stature to Russell Wilson, were major factors in him being hired. But his job is not contingent Correct. upon Russell Wilson's success. Exactly, He was hired to help out Russell Wilson, and if Russell Wilson can't get it done, Sean Payton will still get to be the head coach of Denver Broncos. He was hired to be the longtime head coach of the Denver Broncos. His first task is to try to fix Russell Wilson. Try to fix Russell Wilson. Doesn't work out. See you, Russ. Yep. And Sean Payton continues on with his vision for whatever is life after Russ. So, uh, more reaction. Uh, let's see. Guys, I just don't think Russell Wilson is a high enough IQ quarterback. Uh. Oh, wow. Uh, I, I think you can get Russell Wilson up on a whiteboard and he can dazzle you with his ability to talk about offenses and draw plays and all that. But I think to this texter's point, he's probably talking about the decision-making on the field, what we saw this year. With, what do with, you see? I saw a locking on to receivers, right. not going through his progressions. I mean, every media person who's got some kind of quarterback background, Dan Orlowski, Kurt Warner, all those guys broke down <clears throat> to some of the inefficiencies of Russell Wilson's game this past season. And the quarterback IQ of going through your progressions, uh, recognizing the open receivers, seeing what the defense is giving you. Hey, go to the check down, get six, seven yards, don't throw it downfield into a team meeting for the opposition where it's going to be intercepted. Those kind of things were lacking this last season. So I think the texter's point uh, is less about Russell Wilson's cognitive ability to describe and you know draw up an offense and more so about the decision-making on the field. You played de- – all right, this is a question I want to ask you because – I want to lean on your decade and a half experience playing defense in this league. You went up against all kinds of quarterbacks. Is that something that can be taught? Can you teach an old dog new tricks? That's Sean Payton's task. That's his challenge. Can he do it? We'll find out next. Reacting to the news that Sean Payton will become the 19th head coach in the history of the Denver Broncos, here's Schlereth and Evans. I love talking to you guys because of the the wealth of experience that you have and the credibility you bring and the knowledge you bring to, to these kind of conversations. So we're hoping that Sean Payton can come in and fix Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. To do that, you're going to have to get Russell Wilson to do some things that he just hasn't done in his career up until this point. I'm curious, based on somebody who played in this league defense for over a decade and a half and went up against all kinds of quarterbacks, based on your experience, is that something a veteran quarterback who's been doing it primarily one way for a decade can he switch? Can he learn new tricks? Can you learn new tricks? You can, but it takes a long time because the quarterback position is about kind of hardwiring some neural pathways. I see this, therefore I do this. There's not an opportunity to go back there and mull it over and think about it. It's got to be hardwired in your brain. So if you want to re 
hardwire your brain, that takes some time and a lot of reps to pull all that off. Um, I expect Russell Wilson to be better. But in pressure situations, we all tend to go back to who we are, to how we're wired. And that's why we use phrasing like that. Because you can kind of jump and skip some of that wiring when you have some time and some space to be able to do that. But the greater the pressure situation, and there's no more pressure than trying to play quarterback in the fourth quarter when you had three, you know, four 300-pound dudes trying to sack you, where you're going to go back to your previous habits and your previous wiring. So uh, to be rewired, I don't think it's possible. To be able to overcome some of it, yeah, but I don't think Russell Wilson will be fixed here by Sean Payton, particularly in year one. The things we saw this year, footwork should be better. But in pressure situations, it's still going to break down. Pocket mechanics should be better, but in pressure situations, it's going to break down. Going through your progressions should be better, but in pressure situations, he's going to make bad decisions like he did this year. So then... The way I'm hearing it, Sean Payton can't come in here with the idea that he's going to force a square peg into a round hole, and he's not going to turn Russell Wilson into Drew Brees. Drew Brees became a just stay-in-the-pocket, slice-you-apart, strip-you-naked type quarterback, right? What you're saying is Russ probably can't do that. But we we do know that Russ, if you devise an offense, it gets him out into space allows him to use mobility, and, and while he may not be a running quarterback anymore, I still think he can be a mobile quarterback, and I, I think there's a that. big difference. I agree with that. So, how confident are you that Sean Payton, coming off 15 years of coaching a certain way in New Orleans, might have to sort of change his philosophy, change his offense? Can he be the same kind of offensive genius that he, he was in New Orleans? It was hard to see the offensive genius when you've got Taysom Hill on their center. But you won games with Taysom Hill. And in the end, we're here to win championships, Super Bowls. We're here to win games. So I expect Sean Payton to bend his offense in order to help Russell Wilson the best that he possibly can to win games. So Sean Payton's ability to call games for Jameis Winston, for... Uh, Taysom Hill, and for uh, Drew Brees, take all that experience, put them together, look at what Russell Wilson is as a player, look at what he can do, watch the tape from last year, and try to apply the the pillars of your offense with certain things that are bent specifically to Russell Wilson. Okay. It can be done. It can be done. But it's not... For Bronco fans to expect... Sean Payton and Russell Wilson to look like Sean Payton and Drew Brees, you're not going to see that. Right. You're not. Russell Wilson is not going to be Drew Brees. Therefore, this offense can't resemble that offense. There'll be some similar things, some 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 progression, some route concepts, some things like that. But Russell Wilson is not going to be Drew Brees. And I think Sean Payton is going to recognize, I can't force this guy to be like him. Right. Just as he recognized, I couldn't ask Taysom Hill to right. do those things. Well, and... This is not where you, you look up and you say, okay, we've got three or four years to, to work on this and to step-by-step step incrementally incrementally put this into, into motion. Let, let's face it. You got, you got this year, two years max to figure this out. So the way I read it, 
Peyton's challenge is he's going to have to adapt more to what Russ does as opposed to Russ adapting to what Peyton's done in the past with Drew Brees. Am I, am I right in that? I think if Sean Payton is watching film right now, he's not watching old Saints tape. He's watching old Seahawks tape. Okay. And that's where he's going to be used as his jumping off point for structureness. What did this guy do that was successful? What are the parallels between what they ran with Daryl Bevel and all the other coordinators they had in Seattle right. that, that are similar to what I run? And how can I begin to you know, create an offense around what made this guy successful two, three, four years And this ago? isn't – and I don't want anybody to take that as like, oh, see, he hasn't even – Showing up for his first press conference, always already he's kowtowing to to Russell Wilson. That's that, that's different. That's different. Yes, this is this is this is what the best coaches do: coach to what they have. And now the kowtowing part of it is 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 Sean Payton going to come in here and go, okay, look, Russ, I, I'm devising a game plan for you that I think is going to play to your strengths. This is how we're going to do it. This is the way it's going to be. And it's it's my way or the highway. That's that's the part I'm confident of that you're going to get from Sean Payton. I believe that to be absolutely the case. And the best coaches are always going to adapt their game plans to the personnel that we have. In Pittsburgh, Cordell Stewart wasn't quite ready to be a quarterback, but he could be slash. And he can put pressure on the defense by running the option and playing wide receiver and sometimes coming in at quarterback. So Bill Cower found a he role. He recognized that. Bill Cower Bill recognized Cower. that. Yes, as a defensive guy who played yeah. in the league linebacker and played special teams for most of his career. Sure. Recognized here's a tremendously special athlete. Let's get this guy on the field. He can help us even if he's not under center. Um, versus, you know, Mike Holmgren, who was very slavish to the West Coast system from Bill Walsh, and everything was built around that. Rather than the players informing the system, the system forced the players to fit into it. I'm much much more of a fan of, I'm a coach, this is what I've got, these are my players, how do I craft up this year's version of what I do based on the talent I have in the room? We've spent the last three hours together. Yes. I am ecstatic about this move. I think yes, it's a quote home run higher. I wrote a column about that at denversports.com. I love this move. Um I think I think there is tremendous, tremendous upside to to this move. You are more of a you're more Missouri. You got you gotta show me. But as as we get ready to wrap it up and you continue your marathon stint this morning with two more hours with the players club, are you at least excited about this move? Maybe more excited than you've been for a Broncos coaching hire since when? Fill in the blank. Since Gary Kubiak. Okay. This is the most exciting hire since Gary Kubiak. Because Sean Payton does have skins on the wall. Because Sean Payton has been successful. Because I expect him to help Russell Wilson be better. Because I expect him to take to teach this new ownership group on what an NFL franchise it looks like. How the organization is built. How the hierarchy works. All those things. These last several coaches have had no experience with that. Sean Payton turned this ain'ts into Saints. At least he was a big part of that. And I expect him to be able to kind of bring back some of those ways that were lost when Pat Bowlen was no longer part of the picture. So you are wildly enthusiastic about this move. I'm going to take that because normally you are very hard to please. So I'm going to take I'm going to I'm going to take that as a win. 
I think it. Is, well, I think it is a win for the Broncos. Yeah, I, I have never said it's not a win, and I want to be clear that I've never said I'm not excited. I just can't get over the board excited until we start winning some football games. But I think this is a good move. You got the the coach who can best maximize Russell Wilson, who also along the way will help this organization be far better or better off than they were when he walked in the door. By the time he leaves, this organization will be light years ahead of where they are today. Leave the over over the board to me. That's you. That's, That's me. you. Do your Let thing. Me, I'm going to be the over the board guy. I'm still going to be me, man. Yeah, I'll be the over the board guy. No okay. problem with that. Okay. Hey, thank you very much. This I really fun. appreciate it. Yes. You all warmed up? Full lather? I'm ready to go. Two all more right. hours. Two Players more. Club. Here we go. Players Club with Chad Brown. And Nate Jackson coming up next.